fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Boy, oh boy, we are ready to kick off a brand new week. It is a Monday, the greatest day of the entire week. So welcome into the show. This is the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas. On our flagship radio station, we are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, we love you and appreciate you to death. Your Millennial General reporting for duty. Boy, do we have a lot to get to today. No guests today. You and I just chit in the chat. So we were going to have a guest. He unfortunately got rescheduled, but we'll chat with him later on in the week. Don't worry. Dick Morris, contributor to Newsmax, also former Trump advisor. He is... Uh, he will be on the program. He was going to be on today. They had to do a last-minute rescheduling, so uh, we'll get him on the show, I believe, Thursday or Friday this week. We're also pending Peter Navarro. He'll be with us here at some point this week as well. So we have a laundry list of guests, great stuff to get to, along with some other things that are un, um, big Washington, D.C. related. Because why the heck not? So uh, you and I today, we have a lot of things to recover from, get to after the weekend. Hopefully, I know you celebrated way too hard, you party animals, you uh, going out and celebrating for Mexican Independence Day. I know that you just went way too far with that tequila. They always say never eat the worm at the end of the bottle. But hey, you know, things happen. Worms happen. Ha! Ha! See? See what we did there? Welcome into the show. Programming note for you here on the program. As you know, we stream all over the place on multiple sites. We're on uh, multiple different radio stations. We're also on TV and, of course, our podcast that we have thereafter. I never promote the podcast, really. You can find it, and it's not called Who's Your Reason. You can actually find it on any of your favorite podcasting sites, whether it's iTunes or whether it's Google Play, Amazon, Spotify, TuneIn. We are on all, all of those. All you have to do is search for The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You'll see My Ugly Mug pop up, and you can subscribe. Subscribe. You can listen to our podcast, any of your favorite shows. You can just have it downloaded every time that we upload something, which is every time after we get done with this program. So we have that. Also, we, as you know, we stream on OpsLens. OpsLens is our great family and partner over there where we stream on their website and their app uh, that you can download, O-P-S-L-E-N-S. You can download that one also on their social media sh- uh, sites, which we do share out, which I have not done so today, but I will on the Facebook page. So uh, in other places as well, they're working on getting Getter as well and streaming live on Getter. So we stream live on the OpsLens uh, partnership there. We're also streaming on a new platform today as well. And want to give a hat tip to Rory Sauter, a podcaster, host of the Rory Sauter Show. I've been on his show multiple times, and it's good to be uh, with him as well. TheNextGenUSA.com, and you can check it out. Uh, under live channels and you can see our ch- uh, our channel there the voice of reason and you can watch us live on his website as well at the next that is the first time today so thank you very much we appreciate that and we are kicking butt as we continue to expand this program on multiple different platforms including now we have a lot of different social media platforms and not just like just i mean they're networks with multiple different shows so we're in the mix of many other really great programs we're honored to be with them and thank you, Rory, for adding us on yours. And, of course, OpSense, you guys uh, are family. We love you guys to death as well. So 
That's what I got to say about that. You can download the webs, uh, websites and apps at opslens.com and thenextgenusa.com. Go and check those guys out, see all the great shows and programs, and check out our show, of course, right there, and, of course, our podcast as well. All right, news today. Do we really have to talk about this? I don't want to, but let's do it. Why not? What's trending today? What's trending today? Can I just come out and just admit I am sick and tired of hearing about Queen Elizabeth and the funeral processions? This has gone on for like two weeks now, man. I'm tired of it. I just don't care. Oh, my God, no. I know. I know. Uh, How could we possibly say something like that? We just don't care. Oh, my God. Who the hell cares? (laughs) I stopped caring, as I said last week, in 1776. I just, I don't care. You know, great. I am sorry she passed. She was 96 years old. It was bound to happen at some point. I'm sure they had plans to do the uh, transition of power well in advance because they knew she probably wasn't doing well. We don't need, especially in the mainstream media here in the United States, we don't need 24-hour coverage of watching them carry the casket 30 different places i just don't care mainstream media give us a headline boom she's dead and she's at the service now all right let's move on and here's what's going on in the united states this is like watching the titanic remember the movie the titanic with orlando or not orlando bloom uh leonardo DiCaprio. i get those two mixed up quite a bit nonetheless uh It's like watching that movie. We get it. The boat sinks at the end of the movie. I don't need to keep watching this for two hours wondering what the hell's going to happen. The boat sinks. Thank you. Give me the headlines. Give me the just speedy speedy version of this thing and let's move on. We get it. She passed away and Charles III is now the king. And that's all I need to know. Great. They're an ally. We care. She was had a close tie with the United States. Great. I just don't care, man. We have way more important things going on here in the United States, and yet the mainstream media doesn't want... It makes sense. They don't want to cover anything going on here in the United States because there's no good news coming out of the Biden administration. So why not just cover it with... uh, the, the Queen's death, because that way they can be the scapegoat of, oh, we couldn't cover it. We didn't have enough time to talk about how bad inflation was and how bad the Biden, administ- the Biden administration was on immigration or on the economy or on spending or on their poll ratings and approvals or anything else. Of course we couldn't cover that. We were totally covering the Queen's death for the 14th day in a row. Dude. Drive me nuts. The only piece that intrigues me, I got and then I'll move on, I promise. The only part of the whole Queen's death that intrigues me is if anybody has the book on Nostradamus' predictions. Yeah, I know. We're going weird for a second. Weird news of the day. <laughs> if anybody has a copy of the predictions from Nostradamus in his book, it called for Queen Elizabeth to die in 2022 and for King Charles III to take over this year. And according to those predictions, he's not going to last as king for very long because there's going to be an overthrowing of the seat from someone on Princess Diana's side who's still uh, like having a vendetta against him or something. So apparently he's not going to be in the seat for long, maybe a year or two, and then he's going to go to the wayside. So if that happens, then, dude, uh, mic drop. I mean, I, I believe. I already am pretty impressed with the fact that he called the death of Queen Elizabeth and knew the name of Queen Elizabeth II and said that King Charles III was actually going to take the throne. They Remember, this dude has like four names. He could have gone with any of them, like George or Ben or Jorge or William or I, mean, <laughs> I don't know, whatever name he has. He has like four names that he could have taken. He chose William III, and that's exactly what Nostradamus predicted. So, hey, you know what? I'm all into it, baby. Bring it on. 
So uh, that was pretty interesting. That's the only reason I even care. The only reason I want to know what's going on is to see what the next prediction is going to be and if it actually comes true. Outside of that, I've watched the Titanic plenty of times. I know what happens at the end. I don't need to watch the whole four-day procession about the 40 different places they carry the casket for their procession. That's a UK thing. That is not an American thing. American media, get back to doing your damn job and let's cover some important news of the day like this one. What's trending today? Now, while the Biden administration is running around talking about trying to bail out student loan borrowers because, you know, we took out student loans and now we apparently can't pay them back. And now the Biden administration wants to buy off a whole new generation of uh, Democrat voters. So, of course, they have to do the student loan forgiveness program that I personally think and the optimism in me. Being the eternal optimist, I truly believe that the Supreme Court's going to shut it down because they cannot do that, just like they shut down a lot of the power and money being spent from the Environmental Protection Agency. I truly believe that that will get shut down. Nonetheless, that is their campaign tactic, and they win either way, really, don't they? On their side of the aisle, at least. If they get it, then they get it, and they get to bail out student loans, and they get to save a whole new generation of rich kids who took out student loans if they don't get it then it's the evil supreme court for them to use the argument to stack the supreme court or to go after republicans and say republicans are evil because we want students to not get ahead in life and to die in the streets and not have any money left to their name i mean either way democrats are going to run with this in one way shape or form however there's another issue that is a major issue in this nation that's affected me as well very dramatically outside of just student loans a new study, according to Newsmax, shows that 100 million Americans have medical debt in this nation. I know. According to the article, medical debt increases the risk of eviction, food security, and bad health outcomes, regardless of the insurance out, uh, uh, insurance or income, according to the new study from Axios. While people are who are uninsured or low income are affected most by rising medical debt. Even private insurance offers little protection. Well, obviously, you got the co-pays, you got the deductibles, you have the network fees, and a lot of them now, they don't cover a lot of the pharmaceuticals, they don't cover a lot of the specialists that you need to go to, they don't cover a lot. Oh, you need to, your, ducta, your deductible went up before we even kick in to cover, your premiums went up just to try and maintain it, and now, sorry, we're not going to cover the specialists that you actually need to go to, so you're stuck with a $10,000 bill. According to the study... The average amount of debt in 2018 was $21,876. Still a lot of money, but somewhat manageable. I believe, now for those that know, Mrs. Voice of Reason and I, we filed for medical bankruptcy, uh, what was it, 2018, 2019, I want to say. I can't remember. Uh, we filed for medical bankruptcy because, as you know, Mrs. Voice Reason, my wife, she has lupus, and she had a lot of medical issues, and we were to the doctor every couple of months, and it finally got to be too much, and we had to file for medical bankruptcy, unfortunately, uh, although I think it was a very good thing, and we've come out on top, and we are now not in any medical debt at all. The only debt that we have now is student loan debt because you cannot file uh, bankruptcy on student loans. Which, you know, whatever, we're going to pay those back. But we had to file for medical bankruptcy because it got to about forty to $50,000. At that time in 2018, the average amount of medical debt was right around $22,000. Now, they say, according to this article, in poor health, the burden has risen to an average of $43,000. While uninsured patients had an average debt of more than $38,000 overall. Let me get this straight. For those in poor health, 
who I'm assuming have medical insurance, because it doesn't say otherwise, says that the burden has been an average now of $43,000, while uninsured patients, so that would tell me the aforementioned, the 43000 had insurance, the uninsured have $38,000. You actually have more debt now as an insured individual who has a lot of medical issues than those that are uninsured. There's so many things wrong with that scenario that I don't know what to say, other than... There are alternatives out there that I think people are turning to in the medical industry that are like the membership paid uh, things for doctor's clinics where you can go and you just pay a monthly membership fee and you can go see the doctor, you can get prescriptions written, you can get testing done. The only thing it doesn't cover is like if you have to go and actually go to the hospital and get surgery or some type of major procedure done. Outside of that, you can go and get the basics done. I would also recommend for those that are dealing with a lot of this stuff is that while Mrs. Voice of Reason I like to use as the prime example here, who has lupus. After our medical bankruptcy, we promised that we would never be in a situation like that again, trying to take back control of our life and not being held to a whole bunch of debtors. And we went from going to the doctor all the time to now we haven't gone to the doctor in, I don't know, a couple of years. Why? Because we've gone holistic. And Mrs. Voice of Reason, who's also launching her Who's Your Health program on our Who's Your Media Network, uh, she has gone holistic in alternative medicines to where she has not needed to go to the doctor even with lupus because she's been able to manage it on her own, which is just freaking awesome because you can do that on your own. I know that's like taboo in the medical industry. You can't do that. You can't drink like herbs and teas and eat healthy and do all this stuff and actually be okay. But guess what? An autoimmune issue that actually makes your body attack itself, we were able to actually manage it and control it based on holistic remedies. What a concept. The way things, the way we did things all the way back when, when Nostradamus actually was alive and he did the same thing. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You know, I don't need to say a lot of this because most individuals, you know, live in the real world and you get it, you understand it, you see it, you're battling it yourself, trying to deal with a lot of the medical costs. But with so many individuals trying to file for medical bankruptcy, having medical debt that they just have to pay on, it's sad, it's pathetic. And guess what? It has gotten worse whether Democrats or progressives want to admit it or acknowledge it or not. The reality is, is that since Obamacare took effect, since Barack Obama was in office, that the medical industry has gotten worse and the debt that number of people owe has gotten worse, even though they try to claim otherwise. Now, here's the crazy part about this, is that they try to manipulate it a little bit and they try and twist the facts so that way they don't look as bad because it's already a bad story. The fact that the medical debt has risen over the last few years since 2018, that's not even including prior to Barack Obama and prior to Obamacare because that's how long this has been as the Supreme Court continues to defend Obamacare and saying that somehow the federal government has the right to consume over a sixth of the U.S. economy based on the healthcare industry and regulate it at the federal level. Remember, it's all about the bank account. It's all about the size of the amount of money in there and uh, that's controlling people. It's not about the actual quality. And it's only gotten worse. The light that they try to shed is that, oh, look, states don't have nearly as much debt in medical issues for those that have expanded Medicaid in their states. Here's what I mean is they break down as well the amount of money that goes on state by state. People in states that expanded Medicaid 
reported an average of $3,000 or less in medical debt than those states who had not. Let me read that again. According to the report in Kaiser Health News, along with NPR, where this report came from, people in states that expanded Medicaid, remember the argument, the Medicaid expansion, that's what uh, Bernie Sanders is all about, Medicaid expansion, which is just an off-branch of Obamacare. The states that expanded Medicaid, people in those states had an average of $3,000 or less in medical debt than those states who had not expanded so far. The medical debt was the highest so far in the South among low-income communities in states that had not done their Medicaid expansion. That's what they're trying to hold up as the success news. Oh, look at this. Obamacare's working because the states that expanded their Medicaid, they're actually getting a break, and they have, on average, less medical debt than those states that had not done so, so far. But is that really true? I mean, let's be honest. Is that honestly true? Democrats, I know. I know that you're trying to think through a political lens right now and trying to curb it. Say, yes, it is true. That's why we need to expand Medicaid. That's why. It's all good. Is it really true, though? Because where does the debt go? If you expand Medicaid, that means more people are on a state program, which means the program's going to be more expensive at the statewide level, which means you're going to have more taxes at the state level to cover the Medicaid. At the same time, you're still going to be getting more money from the federal government to cover the Medicaid expansion, which the government already said that they're not going to be able to afford the continued expansion if every state does it because it's going to go bankrupt, which means they have to steal again from Social Security and other places to cover the Medicaid programs at the federal level to give it back to the hospitals and the doctor's offices and the state government as a whole, the health departments at the state level as a whole, which means you may not see the tab at the statewide level, but you're still seeing a massive amount of tax money going towards a socialized universal health care system that's failing miserably. And oh, by the way, as I throw all that crap out at you, oh, by the way, If you do have a state that expanded Medicaid, how well is that working for you with the quality? Luckily, here in the state of Kansas, where I hail from, our flagship station in Wichita, Kansas, we do not have an expansion of Medicaid while they've been pushing it every single year. And those that I have talked to that are state legislators who have been fighting against this have told us repeatedly that doctors don't want it because they don't get reimbursed the money as they need to. They don't get as much money. People don't want to accept Medicaid patients, which means there's a finite number of doctors that actually do, which means guess what? The whole waiting at the at the DMV the whole government healthcare waiting in line for your turn because the system's so overrun and the quality's not there and they run you through the mill. Yeah, that's actually real and it's happening in the states that have Medicaid expansion. But by golly, you might not have as much of a personal debt there because we can cover it that we're just going to absorb into the government so that way you can pay through it with your taxes instead of your own personal debt. See if that makes a whole lot of sense to you. Back after this here on a Monday's episode of The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, you are. Welcome back into the program. It is The Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Thanks for hanging out with us today. As always, here on the program, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, multiple radio stations, plus... Our streaming partners, OpsLens.com, O-P-S-L-E-N-S.com, their website and their app and their social media that we are on right now. 
that you can like. And thank you guys for hanging out there. Also, another streaming partner we have started today as well, which you can visit, thenextgenusa.com. TheNextGenUSA.com, Rory Sauter, Rory Sauter Show. Uh, we join his podcast frequently, and as he's starting off with uh, a lot of different shows as well and streaming and broadcasting those, we are streaming live on their website as well. We appreciate those guys very much. And, of course, the audio, which you can find on the Podbean live stream, which we have also on our website at HoosierReason.com, and some more that are coming up here soon as well. So we are just all over the place. We are going to flood the interweb. We're going to be more exposed than even InfoWars and Alex Jones, which, you know, God bless him and everything he's doing, and boy, oh, boy, does he have a heck of a following. But we're going to be uh, saturated on so many different places on the interweb that there's no way the government's not going to be able to find me. All right. Is that a good thing? I don't know if that's a good thing. Hold on a second. Wait wait a second. Oh, man. Let's wrap up this conversation about the healthcare industry. It's a frustrating one, I know, and we could talk for hours. If I opened up this this show to phone calls and people to call in with their personal healthcare experiences and their healthcare issues, it would go on for days to talk about how frustrating the industry is, how bad it is for people to try and get the actual care they need, to go to the specialist that they need, to get approved to go to the specialist that they need, for their insurance to approve it and actually accept it to allow them to go to the specialist they need, and then to get all the pharmaceuticals that they need as well it's mind-blowing it's mind-blowing how bad that is we could continue that forever but the wild part is that they're still still trying to hype up their medicaid expansion they're still trying to tell how good government health care programs actually are the beauty of it is because i'm an eternal optimist i always see things as the, as the glass half full no matter what there's always an opportunity for us to grow and for us to kick some butt always there's never a failing moment there's a learning experience there's a learning curve and there's opportunity that may have been missed, but we can always come back and win because that's just what we do. There's always an opportunity for us in the private market, in the capitalist system, in the laissez-faire, free market, invisible hand of Adam Smith, if you remember those. There's always an opportunity for us to adapt when there is a need in the market for something cheap or something convenient or so, the private sector and the people will always find a way to fill that gap. And guess what's happening? We have states that are starting, not the state itself, but organizations within states that are starting as healthcare options, maybe not quote-unquote insurance, but as options. You have private memberships now for mom-and-pop clinics that are trying to survive, and instead of accepting all the ridiculousness with Medicare or Medicaid, they're just going membership style. You pay 40 bucks a person per month, you get X amount of visits, you get to do webinars with them, you get to go and get your, your prescriptions filled, uh, whatever you have to do. That's how we're going to change this system. That's how we're going to make things better again, because doing what we're doing with just increasing sizes of government and then saying, oh, the system's broken, let's centralize it even more, that's not going to be the answer. We always find a way to fill the void. The private market knows what the consumer wants, what the consumer needs, and they find a way to do it. Someone in their basement, in their mom's basement, in wherever they're at in their apartment, they will find a way to do it. Same thing with states themselves. When the federal government doesn't fulfill its duty as a federal government constitutionally, then the states have the right and the duty to pick up the slack and do what needs to be done. Immigration's a prime example of that, is it not? They have the duty to pick up the slack and actually take and run with the ball and run with the torch. If the federal government will not fulfill its duty, which it is blatantly violating, there are very specific duties the federal government has. It's not Medicare or Medicaid. It's not social programs. It's not any of that garbage. It is military. It is foreign issues. And it is uh, working with foreign policy. 
And then, of course, making sure that states with the uh, to, with the interstate travel and interstate commerce, making sure there's no monopolies. Okay, cool. Light oversight on that front. But outside of that, it's making sure that we are safe as a nation and then handling foreign diplomacy with other nations and people coming in and out of our country, which Biden and Kamala Harris, you're failing miserably, obviously. And we're seeing that at the southern border as the cartels continue to run rampant. I'm telling you, that is why the Hispanic community down at the southern border, they're turning farther and farther to the Republican side. That's why Myra Flores ended up winning in that 34th district of Texas. That is why there are Hispanics that are beginning to vote Republican all over the nation because they are sick and tired of having that. They tried to get away from the cartels. Those that came here to the U.S., they wanted a new life and a fresh opportunity and to get away from the cartels. And every person now that is coming across that border is being is doing so because of cartel power and influence with them making their way into the United States. Soon, it's going to be a battle of willpower and strength and political power here in the U.S. on little cartels that are dominating communities with local law enforcement. The gangs, the cartel power... The influence, the drug smuggling, the human trafficking, the uh, to the sex trafficking, the drug smuggling, the gun tra- smuggling, whatever. All of that is going to be done at the nth degree because we're not doing anything to stop it. So, of course, we've seen states, and that's been the news last week, of course, was Texas and Arizona and Florida. Everybody's shipping buses of these immigrants, illegal immigrants, up to, you know, different places. Because why the heck not to Martha's Vineyard and to Washington, D.C. to say, hey, just for a taste of what we're trying to deal with here, you guys deal with the problem for a bit. And then they call, of course, a humanitarian effort where we're here to take care of them and properly process them and get them sent to where they need to be, a.k.a. deporting them away from their communities because they don't want them there. Brian Babbitt, congressman from Texas, he had an interesting take on that as he was with Newsmax just earlier today. And what a laughable thing to say this is a humanitarian crisis. Uh, just incredible. Uh, we've got an affluent uh, Democrats up there who just simply don't realize the real world that we have in the in the in the at the southern border of our of our country because of policies by their Democrat leadership. Let me tell you, if these mayors and these people up there, uh, you know, from Washington D.C. to New York City, Chicago, and now Martha's Vineyard, if they have a problem. You know, what they should be be doing is picking up the telephone and calling the president of the United States and demand that he close the southern border, because this is where the problem is emanating from. And, you know, I'll give you an example. Eagle Pass, Texas, uh, a population of 30,000 people, uh, Bianca, and they got 10,000 miles in a single week down there. And they're they're griping about 50 people that have have come into their midst. And saying they don't have the infrastructure. And Hillary Clinton also called it human trafficking. You know, I I just it's hard to wrap your mind around the hypocrisy uh, of a crisis that the Democrat Party created themselves. I mean, it's true. Again, that hats up to Newsmax with uh, Congressman Brian Babbitt from the state of Texas. So the Democrats have twisted themselves on a knot. On this issue, a complete pretzel. I mean, we are looking at pretzel acrobatic stunts here. Remember those guys you see on like America's Got Talent or maybe in like, uh, I mean, we're coming up on Halloween, like the the haunted houses, like the, the people that can bend in very creepy, weird ways and they chase you down the hallway. Democrats are getting to that level of expertise and twisting themselves and not trying to say that there is no crises. But if there is a crisis and they have it handled, 
But there is really no crises because, uh, according to the left side of the aisle, no one's illegal and cartels aren't really happening. And according to Jean Pierre, oh, Karine Jean Pierre, the spokesperson for the White House, that there's actually no individuals just waltzing across the border illegally. There's no problem here whatsoever. And oh, by the way, we're doing something about it. Is the latest headline as well shows that they say Joe Biden has arrested and apprehended more illegal immigrants than Barack Obama for the first uh, in the two terms in office compared to the one term that Joe Biden's under right now. Whoa! They've apprehended them. They are cracking down. They're trying to show a sign of force. Now, if they continue with the policy that they've been running with for the last couple of months, then that wouldn't matter because actually that would be a very bad thing. We don't want to apprehend unauthorized migrants or illegal immigrants. We don't want to apprehend them. They're welcome. No one's illegal. You can just go wherever you want to. Here's your passport to the U.S. and do your thing, baby. The world is your oyster. That's been the policy. And if you do say, no, no, you're not allowed to be here, then you're the evil, hateful, bigoted racist in some way, shape, or form. But now they're turning around and they're trying to tell, well, you know what? We are on this issue. And after not admitting that there is an issue and that no one's actually crossing illegally and just waltzing across our, the Rio Grande and actually coming over here illegally, after they said that, now they're saying, oh, yeah, actually it is happening and we're actually doing something about it because we're tough on immigration and we've actually apprehended more people than what Barack Obama did during his whole two terms. According to Newsmax, under Biden... There have been 3.484 million apprehensions of unauthorized migrants compared to the 3.384 million that were apprehended in Obama's two terms, according to the Washington Examiner. Very interesting. So about 100,000 more already in the first year and a half of the Biden administration compared to the entire amount during Obama's two terms and eight years in office. Now, let me put this into perspective for you. Does that mean that Barack or that Joe Biden's actually handling this crisis appropriately? Does that mean that he's actually cracking down and cracking the whip and actually making sure illegal immigrants aren't coming over here? Because that's the way the mainstream media is going to play it. Oh, look, there is no issue. We're actually handling it. We're not letting people just waltz in here. We are making sure people that things are done the appropriate way. Let me tell you something, though. With how many people have actually come in compared to the ones that they've actually apprehended, it's 10 to 1. Which means, sure, they may have apprehended more. Do you realize how many have actually come into the country? Do you realize how many have been smuggled in here from the cartels? Do you realize? I mean, that's like saying I'm going to spend a trillion dollars over the deficit like they did last year, and then this year not spend a trillion dollars over the regular deficit spending and say, oh, look, we're actually cutting back on deficit spending. No, you spent way more. You're not actually solving the budget. You're still spending over the allotted amount. You just did it 10 times more last year, and then you're cutting back this year back to the normal debt spending. That's what's happening with immigration. You let millions upon millions to come in, and you're like, oh, we captured more than Barack Obama. We're doing great. I'm sorry, but the lies aren't going to work even during election season. Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You ever hit that funny bone that's just not very funny? What the heck, man? 
Welcome back to the program. Last couple of minutes here. Wrap it up for a Monday today. We have a laundry list of stuff to get to this week, so today's just kind of the teaser. Normally, we have a guest on this program. Did not have one today. Dick Morris, the former Trump advisor, also contributor to Newsmax. He's going to join us. He was going to join today. Not able to do so, so we got it rescheduled for later on this week. So we've uh, powered through, and so we're just touching just the surface. Having only a one-hour program is very frustrating at times because we only get to scratch the surface on some issues instead of actually dive deep like we usually like to do on this program. We like to go beyond the bumper sticker arguments on this program because that's what it's all about. If we can get past the Tweety 130 characters, if we can get past the bumper sticker arguments, and we can have a rational, reasonable, relatable conversation, then I think we can actually make some ground in this country and actually be the catalyst for some change. But it's difficult to do in today's time, so we'll continue to battle that one here on the show but we do have some really awesome guests lined up throughout this entire week so i highly recommend you check us out every single day at 5 p.m eastern uh every single day here on the program plus our podcast with the voice of reason with andy hoosier so we have brian babbitt congressman from texas railing on the democrats about this immigration policy it is very infuriating and i think this is why you're seeing south texas hispanics going whole all the way in with for for republican candidates i think you're going to see this continue uh in in november and and what it's just so outrageous that that, uh, joe biden is claiming that these republican governors are playing politics and uh, he should be playing president is what he should be doing illegal aliens are costing the u.s taxpayers more than 20 billion dollars a year that's with a b Biden has released up to 2 million people in our country. 4 million have, have already come in under his watch. Terrorists are taking advantage of this open border that Biden has left this way. Uh, 66 terrorists on a watch list. Individuals have already been caught. How many haven't been caught? And as you said, uh, dead people are being found down there. I think it's up to 748 dead migrants here. So the policies of Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas have already, they're killing Americans and, uh, and, and also migrants themselves. Over 100,000 Americans dead from overdoses, most of which is coming, is fentanyl coming in from, uh, from China through Mexico, being controlled by the cartels. A hundred thousand plus Americans because of this. This is an all out invasion. And I'll tell you, the Democrat Party is responsible for it. And they're going to pay, I think, in November. I would have to agree that they would pay for it in November as the uh, Democrats are trying to hype up the fact that they've been able to uh, apprehend. Now, that's not deportation. That is apprehending 3.484 million individuals of unauthorized migrants, illegal aliens here in the country. And the Biden administration saying they're cracking down. First, it wasn't happening. Now they're cracking down on it. 3.484 million apprehensions in this country. Do you know how many are actually here in the country? How many have come over illegally here in the country? Now, again, this is not a rail on those that are truly wanting to just start a new life, come over, you know, go through the process, start a life, live the American dream with the streets paved with gold and the opportunity for everybody. This is not what we're talking about. We're talking about human traffickers. We're talking about fentanyl and cocaine and whatever else drug traffickers. We're talking about the gun smugglers. We're talking about the sex traffickers. We're talking about cartels influencing. We're talking about terrorists that are coming across the border. Hundreds of different countries that have been caught with immigrants trying to come over the border illegally down at the southern border. This is not the what the left tries to say, the uh, attack on the brown people or the attack on the, on the evil Mexican or the Hispanic in some way, shape, or form. That's not what we're talking about here. 
the Hispanic population realizes, wait a second, there's a problem. While they've said they've apprehended 3.484 million individuals in the first 18 months of the administration, more so than what Barack Obama had done during the four-year term or during the eight-year term and the two terms there. How many have come into the country under Biden's first 18 months? You know how many? He just said it. 4.9 million. So we've allowed in 5 million and we've apprehended 3.4. We haven't deported 3.4. We've apprehended 3.4 of the 5 million that have come in just under the first 18 months of the Biden administration. So don't buy the crap from the Biden administration while they're desperate to win their approval ratings back, while they're desperate to win back their voter base, which is the minorities, the black community, the Hispanic community, the Asian community, the whatever community, because they have to diversify themselves with identity politics. While they try to win them back over, they're realizing they're not doing a very good job of it. And the numbers speak for themselves. You can't put blinders on and ignore half the numbers and expect the numbers to add up. Mathematicians would scream at that. Because that's not the way reality actually works. That's the way a Democrat's reality works. Back at it tomorrow. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Let's be the catalyst for change in our own local communities. Be that voice. This is the voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Have a great Monday. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow.